ghouls. Son of a bitch. What are you talking about? You know, now? Funny little green ghouls. Got... What? What? Like in movies and cartoons? What? Are... Oh, green ghouls, buddy. Don't write ghouls. I'm not. All right. Cheers, guys. Echoing laughter fills the dark, candlelit room as the smell of death and blood hang in the dense cloud that threatens the Inquisitor's next victim. With another turn of the wheel and a slight pop produces not only a disjointed elbow, but a name, a woman's name, belled from the ragged breaths left in the tortured body. She donned her best wide-brimmed hat, shooed the mice away from the bubbling pot, and mumbled to herself about needing a better cat. Ambling out of the doorway, she grabbed her broom and her star and set them above the entrance before selecting the best of her potions and setting into the street for the promising business of a busy market. Little did she know that she would be spending that night in the dank, moldy, and rat-infested cell under the charge of witchcraft. Witchcraft, witchcraft. Dank. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Area 215. This is Sam Hot Vodka. This is the Two-Inch Punisher. This is Batman covered in grease. I'm actually also still covered in grease. Yeah, I, I think you're... My hands. I, I mean, just you're squeezed a in lime into my thing and it was like, greasy. Cool. Like, we got greasy limes. Greasy <laughs> sparkles. <laughs> um, yeah, so that little bit that Sam just read was from brewhoppin.com. We did not write that. I don't want to take that. But if you didn't pick up on it, we're talking about... Witches and beer and brewing, beer and brewing the intersections of how they came together. Yeah, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Yes, well, you do. You know better than any of us. I do want to give you guys a quick shout out because anybody else out there in the world who is having any sort of the time that we're having within the past two weeks. I feel like it's been almost four months since the last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I've been hit by a golf cart. Um, My neighbors have a golf cart. I feel that. Well, yeah. bros, I didn't even tell you I've been doing extra hours because I've been training on that new position. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're like basically all doing doubles every day. It's been getting so fucking crazy busy out there. Yeah, the other day, some of my uh, one of my bosses... I mean, they they offer me hours because I asked for them, but they were like, would you like to work this Thursday? I was like, I just need a day off. I just need a day to myself. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely cry worthy. I definitely sob naked eating grilled cheese and tomato soup the other day before work. Oh, before work. I was about to be like, did you do this at work? <laughs> My friend comes into work today and I was like, how are you feeling? They're like, great. I cried in the shower. I was yep. like, oh, yeah. good. You got it out. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, trying I mean, my tears at the crust. I was shout out to Brittany also transferring back to the brewery with me. Congratulations, <laughs> Brittany. Um, I started crying walking around a thrift store today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an emotional time. Was there a trigger? Uh, I mean, I've just been feeling sad, so I was listening to the replay rewinds 
Land Before Time episode. Oh, so it didn't have to do with the thrift store. No, you it was just like, like walking around the thrift place, store crying about time. Littlefoot's mom. <laughs> you didn't like see an old Nabisco sign and you were like, all oh, the memories. No, I just really needed to cry. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to listen to the sad ass episode. And I almost cried. At, I mean, whatever. It's been a weird time. So like, I want to give a big shout out to all the other bartenders out there that are like getting their dick smashed in. Dick smashed in. Basically Echo. getting spit on. <laughs> Yeah, we got half a vaccine. We're fine. I can do whatever I want. Seriously, I dude, St. Patrick's Day, man, my fucking brain Fuck broke. But I was Day. legit like, Phil was like, this table's acting crazy, and I was like, I'll tell you, go buy one out there for five fucking seconds, and I saw that what was supposed to be an eight top, like in two t- different tables, was like twenty people, no masks, and <sighs> one girl was climbing on our heater, and I was like, don't fucking touch that. I had someone tell me to go fuck myself and then leave the brewery saying, fuck you, flipping me off because I said, excuse me, could you please pull your mask up? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what? This is this is air. Everybody, hold up. Let's just do this because me and Laurel were doing this the other day. Shout out to Laurel. Laurel. All right. So that was Area Two One Five's bitch fest about what it's like to be bartending in the middle of a pandemic in Philadelphia right now. It is awful, but that is the tie-in to what we are talking about today. Without these. Original buttes. We wouldn't even be dealing with this. So uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks <laughs> yep. for the bruise. Thanks Weep. for the bruise. Uh, so we wanted to feature something kind of special. Um, I'm doing a little bit more more work with the brewers at Love City, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, for any of you that don't know, uh, Love City Brewing is owned is partially woman owned. Uh, one of the co founders and CEOs is a woman, and she's the shit. Uh, we got a lot of uh, women that represent the company, and it's super cool. So we wanted to do something to kind of just bring you their way. Uh, so we're featuring the Lagerita, which is one of Love City's lagers. But you dump a little bit out. You give it a salt rim and a little bit of lime. You throw some lime juice and some tequila in there. At the brewery, we make it with Faber tequila. But they don't sell that at liquor stores, so I decided to go with another local favorite, Cradle of Liberty from uh, New Liberty Distilling. Really, actually, surprisingly good tequila for the fact that it's made in PA. It's yeah. kind of weird. It's really smooth, and I never thought I'd say that about a tequila that was made in the States, period. True, true, true. true. Especially not Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, so if you come by, you can get one of the most authentic lageritas or you could just take a lager and put lime juice and tequila in it yeah i mean <laughs> this is thing. the kind of lager that i would like to drink yeah it's Ooh. good it's good for the season change yeah for sure it also with the lime in it if you uh if you ever get the chance to find lime city lager which is love city's lime lager wow oh it's so good sometimes I'm, i just put lime in the lager just to feel something i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of a slut for those like bud oranges i can totally see that um i have you ever was... butt chugged one <laughs> <laughs> no my mom's one of her new favorite things to talk about is boofing so i've been thinking a lot about butt chugging things i mean i feel like we talk about boofing shit at work all the time it's true so well, if, I mean, it, if anything stayed the same, yeah, <laughs> it better be the boofing. Uh, hey, all you cool cats and P 
penises out there. I don't know what I was gonna say. Um, boof it. Just do it. Just boof it. People this boof is- sunshine. Boof what? sunshine. People Just stand. Yeah, you stand I'll at send the you the article. All right, let's uh let's get a talking. That's when you gape at the sun, right? I'm eating salt. <laughs> yeah, you spread Ew. spread them cheeks. And <laughs> I, I know someone who did it. Did they get sunburned on their bunghole? I asked, and she was like, "No, but I did feel something." Yeah, sunburn on her asshole. <laughs> I felt the UV rays penetrate my feelings. I was like, "Was it the Molly, feelings? dude?" Oh. <laughs> anyway, two and five, <laughs> the area of the butthole. Let's take it back to you know. I don't know if you guys tired. know this. Magic, this. guys, magic comes. I'm eating salt. I'm trying to fucking segue here. Magic comes from the butthole. We said that we ended it with that one last time. Is this this is us ending? Goodbye. So there's been a lot of stuff going around where there's a connection between witchcraft and uh, the witch. Well, witchcraft, witch imagery, and old alewives and Brewsters. Um, I've seen a lot of it this month. A lot of stuff popping up because it's you know Women's History Month. Yeah, like, you're gonna see stuff like that. A lot of erasures of representations of women uh, throughout history. But the beer world is one of the big ones. So beer is one of the oldest forms of libations um, as fermentation made water safe to drink where there was no potable water or potable water. Uh, We didn't really actually understand fermentations until years after we started consuming beer, though, which is pretty cool. Like they just like didn't really understand what they were doing and they were just making this. They were making booze. Which is pretty fun. I can hear you crunching. I hate how much weird noises come out of our mouth. <laughs> well, it's only because we put beer in our mouths. True. Um, but yeah, so beer is one of the third most, currently the third most consumed beverage in the world after water and tea. I'm which, surprised coffee isn't up there too. I just think it's because of tea and I think coffee is consumed in America differently than most countries. Yeah, that's like true. It's either it's mostly after dinner drinks. Other places, what coffee? Mm-hmm. Mm. Whereas here, we're like, we need to get back on our hamster wheel for capitalism and our non-health care. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're just going there. Just fucking twelve <laughs> minutes into recording. Um, but yeah, so we've been drinking beer since the Babylonians and the Sumerians under which jobs of brewing were assigned to women. So women were responsible for the home and beer lives in the cellar. So it kind of makes sense that women were some of the first brewers. Beer lives in the home. Beer lives in the home, man. Beer Home is home. And like, it's not like we had these like mass distribution centers or like mass brewing centers to be able to like distribute beer. You had to brew it at home. If you wanted a nice Budweiser, because that was around, you had to brew that at home. So there was evidence of alewives found in the 5th millennia BC in Iran, which I thought was pretty cool. And oh, yeah. alewives were also mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the oldest work of literature that we know of. Um, so alewives was the name of women who brewed beer within their homes. Also, we're going to be speaking in very gendered terms. Um, we will be referring to most of these people as women, uh, because they didn't have other words for them then. So that's what we're using. Right. Um, or maybe they did have other words for them, but the people who wrote all of these are just like, There's, these aren't real. There's only two genders. That's it. Yeah. We just decided. Because we're, you know, I mean, not we, but they. It's a collective. 
I don't know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, back to we didn't really understand the science of fermentation. So a lot of a lot of beer was given up to like the gods. So it was believed that the gods were the ones that made this beer make you feel silly. Um, so Dionysus. Yeah, the boy. idea of brewing gods and gods of beer started coming out. Um, so in some cases, <laughs> women were considered priestesses specifically because they were fermenting beer for religious ceremonies, including like in Sumerian cultures, which is pretty cool. Um, but beer was mainly just super important uh, because it was a way to preserve grain and intake calories, which is one of the most important things within a domesticated household. Um, and it's also super fucking inexpensive. It was cheaper than potable water. Well, that's why, you know, in the beginning, there was all, a bunch of different types of beers, weren't there? Because there was like breakfast beers, and then you had like lunchtime beers, and then you had dinner beers. And it was all like, because it was safer to drink beer than it was to drink sometimes the town's water. Yeah. So they had different, like, s- different types of beer to drink throughout the day that some weren't as alcoholic yeah i mean that's why we have the idea of something like a breakfast out yeah super high in calories really dense gonna fill you up and make you not really need to eat until you're done work yeah and like a low abv yeah 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 everything was lower in abv though the idea of like how we think of beer now is way different than how we used to think of beer like there really weren't that many styles but the styles did dictate the time of day that you drank yeah them yeah i think i found that out when i went to germany i believe that yeah because they they have like i mean you got the fucking reinholdskabort which is the german purity laws which we'll talk about later um which is something that if you are interested in beer at all i'm sure you've heard of um where you're only allowed to brew beer with very specific things mm-hmm. but that came out of a culture that was just like all about uh, beer because it was the only thing that they could drink that didn't well not the only thing but it was a very reliable thing to drink that didn't make the fucking get sick all the time yeah yeah so uh women brewed beer nearly exclusively across Mesopotamia and throughout uh the rise of the Roman Empire um at this at that point like during the rise of the roman empire there was a little bit of a rise in male brewers in egypt um but that was kind of pretty much just a weird thing that popped up in that area but women retained their status as brewers throughout northern europe uh there was a monopoly on brewing um for viking scandinavian vikings Literally every beer drank by the Vikings is, was said to be made by women, which I thought was pretty fun. I think that's cool. I mean, because also, like, I feel like common misconception amongst a bunch of, like, shithead white dudes is that, like, all Vikings were men. Oh, yeah. No, that's so, all. Like, yeah. It's cool to be like, oh, yeah, like, primarily, like, all the women in Viking culture were making the beer, but they were also, like, probably a whole lot more respected in their viking scandinavian culture than like you know alewives ended up being later down the line in other cultures yeah i actually but, didn't look much into what was going on in scandinavia throughout all of this i just noted that because i thought it'd be fun but it'd be cool to look at them specifically yeah because of the fact that they did like they allowed women to fight yeah, yeah. which like could be really fucked up i'm sure but i don't know it seems cool i mean from it, a 2021 perspective it sounds like one of those like equal rights equal fights type things like if it's like if you want to fight you can fight if you don't want to fight you don't have to yeah so yeah i don't know who knows i'm putting a lot of assumption on scandinavian culture we're speculating yeah 
All right. So throughout many other civilizations, there were exclusively female gendered words to describe beers and their makers, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Like pretty much all words for beer throughout most of the older languages are feminine, which I think is super fun Mm -hmm. because it makes it easier to remember is really all that it is. Like die Bayer is one of the first German words I remembered because I was always scared to learn articles. Um, <laughs> so the distribution of the product and the profits, though, were controlled by men. So of course they were. Like the women were making it, but they couldn't really sell it or make a profit from it without a dude either taking their money or controlling the like distribution for them. And they were usually either. Their husbands or their fathers. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> dude, fuck yeah, dude. Wait, why do you think that was, though? Like, uh, Because women weren't respected enough to have an economic status. But women were respected enough to brew your beer? Like, Yeah, because it was a domesticated thing. It would liter- It's literally like seen as like cooking a meal. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you, you give your husband beer to go out and like fight or go out and like okay. come home bring the bacon home i guess you're right though it's like you know you know uh, our at least bring bacon our century standpoint i'm like yeah. oh hell yeah she just fucking put in a bunch of hard-ass work so what are you gonna tell me that you can't respect her but like i guess that's bro that's my way of like you know i learned how to mill in the other day which is the process of grinding grain mm-hmm. and other beer like other dry components for beer the bags alone are 55 pounds and you dump up to 25 of them into this fucking grinder. Like the idea uh, grinder <laughs> and like, looking <laughs> for me grinder. All right, sorry. And like these 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 chicks were like outside their homes with like cauldrons and shit. Like they were they were by no means brewing as much beer as the beer that I've seen brewed, but like still you have to like do it. There's a shitload of physical work that goes yeah. into creating a cauldron's worth of beer. Even just that like baby beer that we made uh pre-pandemic oh my god that we I were milling out we were, we were fucking graining out yeah you that like, would, like, pull all the wet forever. grains out oh that was terrible that's not a very good transition but widows unmarried women and married women did live as brewsters Hall- again traditionally named alewives uh but that included they kind of include women who worked in taverns in the alewives under the alewives umbrellas but they also have the name tapsters like somebody who pours a beer but doesn't make the beer is referred to as a tapster sometimes. Well, I think it's because something I read something like, oh, they fear them becoming spinsters. So they just ran out of ways of saying <laughs> independent person. So they just put stirs at the stirs. end of anything that they do at all. What's a spinster? A spinster is it's like an old, like, lonely woman oh. who spends like- their life making th- craft yeah. instead oh. of raising a child. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's like Tapsters, the idea. Spinsters, Brewsters, and, slash and, Alewives. I'm say, learning a whole new. Any, anything with stirs at the end. Independent. Do you think yeah. they all wore stirs? Or spurs? Worcestershire sauce? Did spurs. I ever tell you about the fucking wheelie spikies? It's My friend was in a 7 Eleven once and they were in a 7 Eleven. I'm going to say this so fast. My friend was in a 7 Eleven once saying. out in the Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania. They were with an Irish dude. The Irish dude saw this guy in cowboy boots. He looked at his spurs and said, Look at the little wheelie spikies. And I think it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Sub Charles. So what are we considered? Nothing. Well, 
So we're coming up on the age that if we lived in this time, we would be coming up on spinster age. Because okay. you're not married. You're not married, and I'm not married. Oh, we would have. Dude, you don't have a kid. You don't have a kid. Long I don't have ago. a kid. Dude, what do you mean? We, we were almost we all, thirty. We you're all would have like been have kids burned. by like eighteen. At this right, point. right, but you're not considered a spinster till you're in your thirties, and none of well, that uh, it kind of leans towards like they would be like they're coming up on the age of being a okay. spinster because like I'm twenty eight, you're twenty nine. Mm. Like, I've lost track. <laughs> I've lost track. All right, you're forty two. Um, but yeah, like I've seen like they were old getting married at 28. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess right now in the bar world, what are we? Oh, we would be, we would be like, we're vagrants. Coasters. Okay. We're straight up like we're whores. We're like not good. They, we would like, we would likely be charged with prostitution at some point just for pouring a beer because. Wait, so we're not tabsters? I mean, we yeah, but like I, it doesn't social views. We would not be very highly revered. Well, because we we'd probably, be in we, the we lowest rung of society. A, we all would have been trialed for witchcraft well, because we're we all werewolves. Somebody, dude, you from don't that know how episode quick. a few times ago. Oh yeah, well, everybody who's still listening, I hope you're still werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, though some widows are unmarried women. Uh, were Brewsters. It was not really a great way to make money. So it's not like now. We're like, we can make, well, not now, Corona times, but like, there have been times where I've made rent in like a weekend. Yeah. And like, this was not like that. You needed a bit of money to produce a large enough amount of beer to make a profit. So the only people that were actually making profit were people that were already rich. Um, and in addition... They started feeing, taxing, and fining people that were, like, not able to meet purity laws or, like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so as I said before, beers changed, like, a lot. Yeah, as we were just going through selections of what we even have in this fucking room <laughs> from one brewery. Yeah, all right, so I am drinking Love City Lager. There's tequila in it, but it is 4% ABV. What do you got? We also have Bats, the very lovely uh, Sylvie Stout. It is a dry stout, 5%. 5%? Dark, and I'm, smooth, I'm rich. The, what's that tart beats? The tart beats is, so the tart beats is 5.8. That's high as shit for a sour. Most yeah. sours are anywhere from 3 to 4.5. This unity over here? We got this unity bow, bow, over bow. here? Shit's 5.5. I'm going to tell you right now, those would be like twice the the ABV as beers used to be like beer was super low in alcohol. It was mm. not very bitter and it was more herbal. Like I feel like hops, like hot hop vodka, probably. you would have liked beer in oldie old times because it would be more earthy the way you like enjoy drinks. I'm sure it would. I when think, I read that, when I was like, Oh, it's more herbly. Hmm. Yeah. Somewhere here where hops was discovered. Oh, you want to talk about hops? You want to talk about hops? Because uh, there is this super... I mean, like, I don't know her. She was a Benedictine nun mm -hmm. um, and she, an herbalist. She her might name not was have been cool as you were about to be. You are about to be like, my girl. Yeah, my girl. Well, she she brought hops into the brewing process in the 11th say, century. Hildegard von Bingen. Yep. She's dope as fuck. I love her fucking name. Um, she used she used hops in the brewing process for their healing, bittering, and preserving properties. Um, she's to this day considered a patron saint of beer. She is super fucking kind of dope. 
Mostly because she's an herbalist, and that's I'm fun so for slow. me. Should we yeah. hang a picture yeah, of her up in in the in the pod room? Let's only hang pictures of her up in the no, pod. No candle, okay. candle. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, in in the new pod room, she needs no. She needs to be candle. Well, so every time we record the podcast, we have to light her candle. Yeah. Cute. Can we get a guy for everyone? We're drinking huh? beer. Can we get a guy for everyone too? Bats, did you have something about Bingen? No, I just finally found in my notes her name and all of the things that you said. After the Black Death in general, home brewing declined. <laughs> but I just like as many. just laughed. <laughs> Black Death. Ha ha ha. I actually didn't all laugh. You I looked dead. at you guys. I was like, what the fuck? You guys are like Black Death. I laughed because <laughs> Batman laughed. <laughs> Like, I didn't know it was, it was a group laughter. We, ah! we laugh every time that death is mentioned. Eat a dick, eat a dick, eat Cool, 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 cool. Black death, let's right. go. So after black death, at-home brewing declined overall, but just as many people were drinking beer. So there were less breweries making more beer, and the industry became an actual money-making venture. It shifted from the supplemental income of wives into a primary income of the husbands. Yeah. So, like, after this time, we start to see this, like, massive shift of women pulling out of the brewing game and men basically stealing it from under them. Um, (laughs) Fair. So, when... That was just, like, my little great overview of a little bit of what we're going to talk about. But I do want to talk about the traditional brewer's garb. Because this is one of the things that a lot of people say... Um, was appropriated by anti-witchcraft propaganda to scare people out of brewing. There's this connection between the way that these women brewers looked in the marketplace and how we depict witches today. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so the traditional brewer's garb. You can touch base on this. All I definitely know is, so the ladies... Uh, who are trying to sell the brews at like like random little pop up markets, farmers markets, whatever has its? They would wear like a pointy little hat. They'd have a cauldron, put the beer in. They'd have a broom to sweep up the like you know missed grains that they didn't mm, exactly close close. Or that's bar- not quite right. Bar- they would hang up the broom to tell people that the beer was ready. Okay, that that too. Uh. And then they just had cats to scare away mice. So that looks like your stereotypical bang. Which I kind of wish I had known this as a child because it's way cooler to be like, yeah, dress up as like the original brewmaster, motherfucker, rather than. Well, notice I'm we didn't use the name brewmaster until men started doing it. Brewster, or whatever. Like, do you want to yeah. point that out? But. Either what, way. the brewmaster thing? Yeah. Rather I than... did write brewmaster a bunch of times, and then I took it out because they never use that word. Brewster, I should oh, say. Oh, is, is what and they like, say now? Yeah. They say brewmaster now. Like, Ke- like Kevin is the brewmaster and loves right. it. Right. Yeah. He's, the, he's the man who creates the brews. Yeah, the name change came with the change of the shift of roles. Right. So, so like, once it became in the man's realm. But, yeah, that's, that's all it is. It's just, like, I kind of wish it been like, oh, yeah. I'm the original beer maker, bitch. Yeah, the at age of six, like the short brim. Bam, ta- acorns, barley. <laughs> Go on. The short brim, tall hats. Like you were saying, it was just 
the sign of the alewives. Like yeah. It was, yeah. Because you, you could see it in a busy marketplace. I was going to say, you could just see their hat. You and you'd be like, be like, oh, there's the lady who sells beer. Let's go get them. Yeah, also, exactly. It's it, like the ice cream man when you hear the ice cream uh, man. Nope. Mm-hmm. Also, it was a signal of wealth. Oh, like with the it, hat? Yeah. It's like, you can see me. Oh, yeah. You know I have to be able to make a good product because I got this big ass hat. Yeah, Where why else would I, I have this big ass hat? Ass hat? This Maybe Sam's hat, box of hat. The problem. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Smaller the hat, bigger the problem. Because if you have a small hat, that means that your beer's not good. You no got a problem. <laughs> you got a gro- problem, son. <laughs> your hat grows as you as you brew a better beer. That means your beer's not good. You got you a got problem. 99 beers uh, and a hat ain't one. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we sort of talked about the brooms already, but an, another thing about the brooms, aside from signifying that the broom is ready, is that they were a symbol of domestic trade. Yeah, yeah. Which that, makes sense. Um, so this was something that I was reading about that like I didn't know about before. I never knew anything about the star, um, but I have heard before that the depiction of witches is th- a negative connotation against Judaism. Well... Talk about it first, so, because that seems confusing if you can't read what we're both reading. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I, so I was going, yeah. and I was, I was I, going into it, but so the star that they would carry around, it was the talisman representing the star of David that was hung outside the door to signify that the beer was uh, compiled with the. Mm, I looked. I looked this I'll, I'll up. Say it, I know. I looked it up earlier. It was like the Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. Okay. But yeah, that was good. Ryan that was really good for like trying to do that from memory. Reading German's weird. Yeah, so if they had that star outside, that means that they were following those guidelines. It means um, the beer was pure. Which the, like the six weird point... move Germany. Yeah. We <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> just keep uh, reading. <laughs> the six point of the star represented hops, grain, malt, yeast, water, and the Brewster. The symbol was clearly a nod to Judaism, which that really pissed off the Catholic Church, which I know I've definitely heard before that the depiction of witches was supposed to be a depiction of actual, like, just, like, a Jewish population and Jewish women. So, like... And, like, maybe maybe that's something that at some point we can look into a little bit more, like, where this connects with Judaism. Because there is a lot of nods to Judaism, and I, I, I can't really tell if it's because... The Catholic Church came in, decided the devil was fucking witches, and that's why witches were doing the things and, like, whatever, and that they really just used mm. witches as a way to talk about Jewish people or if there's something else going on. So I'm wondering if, like, when the Catholic Church came in and they were like, I hate fun, I hate people, I hate That's what they women. said. They were like... Mm. They're like, we hate fun, we hate beer, we hate people, we SBF. hate people who are different than us. Mm. So, like... We hate prosecuting child rapists. Seriously, yeah. take it out. Pedophiles, take it out. Yeah. It's fine. But, uh, you know, so like, I'm wondering if the negative depiction of witches, yeah, there's a nod to both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean, look, like the tall hats. I feel like they may not have realized if they like hated Jewish people or women more. I think well, they were just like, we don't really know. Let's fuck them both. So I'm wondering if it's just literally like, Everybody that they hate it put into one character. So it could literally be like... And it's well, like not I a think, character, it's like a caricature. Yeah. 
So oh, it's yeah, like definitely oh, they I can, exaggerate. Yeah. It's a like lot. I can like prosecute this person for being a witch because of the depiction. Well, persecuting this other person well, at the same like, time. You can, but you can do it to like twenty also, different mm-hmm. types of people. Like, I'm not gonna get off super off the rails here, because uh, different time period, but same scenario. Um Salem was obviously huge in the States, but Connecticut actually came beforehand. And they did not need anything but one person to be like, no, this person's a witch. You're talking about the witch Not another witness. Not anything else other than one person going, yeah, witch. Uh, The Salem witch trials and most of the witch trials were started by children. So we'll talk about that. We'll cover that at some point, I'm sure. They were started by bitchy children. Yeah. Bitchy children who were racist. They were racist, bitchy children. Yep. yep, yep fucking yep. fuck those kids. Um, I like, no, not like Catholic fuck those kids, but like fuck those kids. Yeah, like they're like terrible, throw them in a like, butt talk. Um, <laughs> die in a fire, children. You I, should have burned, not the witches. But yeah, all, all <laughs> I meant though is just like a lot of the times you didn't need anything outside of a white man being like, yeah. That's a witch. Anybody. Like, and anybody, they'd be like, Kay. if you were considered, like you said, a vagrant, literally, or just even. No, they, would, they would wipe out entire families with this thought process. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'd it, be all like, right, we're all related. Witch. I did some shady shit where all of a sudden I made a little, not shady shit. I produced a whole bunch of extra corn that month. I made more money than our neighbor at the, at the market. My wife, Sam, after I get hey, persecuted honey. and burned to death, my wife Sam, even though it's not because we're gay, but they, they, they don't know we're gay. They think we're roommates. But yeah. like, <laughs> we live on the same land. Sam helps produce the corn afterwards. All of a sudden, there's a mold uh, infestation corn on the, on the mm. adjacent property. All of a sudden, it's Sam's fault. Sam yeah. is then persecuted and murdered. And ah! Bat- Bro, you didn't <laughs> yell the last two times. Batman lives with us. Batman's like chilling in the back room. Batman Wait, takes over said- this fucking corn fucking thing. And uh, the neighbor up the street, their land doesn't want to retain water or whatever. And they can't like properly hydrate their shit. And then all of a sudden, Batman's dead. Basically. But yeah, it would infest the whole family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah, for a really long time, brewing was handled by very specific sectors of the population right up until the 14th or 15th century. So it wasn't really just women. There were also uh, monasteries that brewed a bunch of beer. That's why we have a lot of beers brewed by monks. Yeah. There's a lot of like Trappist beers and a lot of things that are brewed specifically by monks. Uh, They're... Chartreuse is only brewed by monks, which is why it is a $50 mother fucking bottle green or yellow fucking corny i'll tell you what though monks know what's up like they can make some really really good booze so yeah we had all these monasteries and these monks and stuff making beer and it makes sense because they're the cookers and the healers of the community so they already have super extensive knowledge of plants then nunneries nunneries participated a lot in brewing beers which makes sense we have St. Hildegard of Bingen, and that all makes sense. Let's talk about why people cared about plants, or what people cared about plants and why. So knowledge of plants fell into three categories. One was cooking, one was for curing ailments, and the other one was dark arts or witchcraft. So as religiosity swept through the, the land, it is not surprising that anybody with knowledge of herbalism could be at risk of persecution 
So, Fair. in conjunction with religiosity, which we'll talk about in a minute, women were driven out of mass brewing in mass by the implication of the German Institute's standard of quality for beer, uh, the Reinheitsgebot, um, in the 1500s, which drove up the production cost and drove out women. It drove up the production cost because of what we talked about earlier. It was a thing about being pure. You could only use specific things. Uh, for some reason, though, they excluded the use of yeast, and I couldn't figure out if it was because they didn't actually understand it or if it was given. Like, if it was just a given in the brewing process, like it was just like assumed it was yeast. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but then in 1516, a Bavarian law set the price of beer at a very specific um, mark, which limited profits that could be made by innkeepers, and they would straight up just take your impure beer. Uh, the price of beer fluctuated depending on the time of year. There's this really crazy phenomena that happened within the brewing world where um, there are certain styles of beers that you make during certain months. Like a Maybach is brewed in May. That's the point is that it's like brewed at that time. And there's other types of, they're usually box that are brewed at specific times during the year. Right. Like a Doppelbach. Um, But yeah, a lot of people would either, would either overbrew or underbrew based on the time of the year. So they could kind of like come at these prices and like try to make it worth it for them. So underbrew meaning like, Oh, they they know they're not going to sell a bunch of beer. They would brew less because it was too expensive. They would overbrew and age it or like hold it. Um, it, it's, it's kind of nuts. You guys want to talk about reformation? I know that's like our favorite time in history. Reformation. Reformation. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so, like, oh, a bunch of shit's changing in the fucking European world at this time. So, during Reformation, the fundamentalist religious movement swept through through Europe, um, and they began to enforce strict gender norms that they created that were binary and bullshit, um, while simultaneously condemning witchcraft. So, at the same time that they started, like, creating these, like, norms, they also started condemning witchcraft, Anti-witch propaganda artists were able to use parts of the brewer imagery to vilify these women. Uh, That imagery is what we just talked about a little bit ago. But why would they single out brewers? Basically, it was what we understand is that they were just more economically independent or they were more botanically brilliant in a time before chemistry, which scared the shit out of a bunch of all these dudes. Yeah. So you the, know what's going to make my stomach not hurt anymore. That must be witchcraft or yeah. both. Or I have a headache or, you know, my, I don't know. What do you think they called headaches back in the day? A uh, head poppy. <laughs> <laughs> a floop flop of the nog nog. <laughs> a little bing bang of the brick stickles. <laughs> I got a twig in me brain. <laughs> Definitely all of they do yeah, some weird shit like a twig in me mandible. Like <laughs> mandibles you draw though. Whoa, I yeah. I mean toothache. Medulla. Toothache. There's a mobligata. <laughs> Definitely all of the above. Yeah, but like I have this extensive no- extensive knowledge of hey, this is what happens to you if you put this rosemary up your butthole. Yeah, so <laughs> as opposed you, to in your ears. Sam, for the amount of shit that you know about herbs and plants and stuff, even like buttholes and ear holes. 
like even just the basic shit that I know and like bats knows and like I don't know you're really good with herbs and plants that's why I'm saying you but like no I would die but we would we would all be condemned of witchcraft but I guarantee bats and I would be like is Sam did it like (laughs) they know they know more about rosemary and basil than I do you guys fucking sell me out I I would sell you out the church runs everything at this time you think I could sell you out look at my eyeballs (laughs) <laughs> that means that you would sell me out you think no but you think i could actually sell you out? oh like, yeah like, like that that's your way of lying i'd be like this, no. is, this is bass's way of lying it's like sam didn't do it yeah but at that time they didn't care about evidence so it swells up true, like right. a fucking you're allergic we're, reaction we're putting law and order so keep doing that in the background so religious zealots began picking apart the aesthetic of the brewer and using it as a signal to condemn and ostracize people it was easy to condemn these women because the propaganda was able to make the quote-unquote direct connection that if it was a duck or if it looked like a duck and it brews like a duck it is a duck Basically, brewers were easily identified, and their identity was being propagated into the world as the image of a witch. I definitely stumbled through the direct connection that if it looks like a duck and brews like a duck, it is a duck. That was a funny joke I made. It's literally just from Monty Python. Oh. Where they're like, if it's a witch, if if it floats, it's a duck. If it's a duck, it's a witch. Yeah. I love Monty Python. I'm yeah. not a witch. She turned me into a newt. Oh, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dudes. Um, but yeah, so basically what all of this is saying is that since brewers were super easily identified, their identity being propagated into the wor- world as the image of a witch is not a really far stretch. Also, we just had our first spill amongst all of the... The 11 episodes. Yeah, the 11 episodes and the... And um, bonus content. (laughs) So basically, because of all the things that we just said before we spilled some stuff, women began to quit brewing in fear of communal ostracization, imprisonment, or death. Uh, Because all of this got tied into the witch trials, women were scared shitless. Um, Yeah, because they were just killing everybody. Yeah, and like even if people in the community did not believe that these Brewsters were witches, it benefited them to go along with this narrative as brewing took hours and dedication and they were trying to reestablish gender roles to say that women needed to be spend all of their time raising children. Yeah, all their time, all of their time. So sometime during the 1500s, towns throughout Europe began making it illegal for women to sell beer for fear that they would never marry or reproduce. There was actually a law uh, specified in, uh, what the fuck, Chester, England, I think it was, um, that women between the ages of 14 and 40 were banned from being alewives in hopes that they would reproduce, creating and strengthening the narrative of this spinster barmaid and then turning her into a hag. Um so they were using the whore complex, uh, which was basically that the AOIs were there to seduce your men into drunken, lazy people um, to shame women into policing their behaviors, um, which is not 
clearly not a new thing. This is going on in the 1500s. This has been going on since gender roles were established. Um, or created, I guess is a better word. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> there was also this shift into depicting Brewsters and Tapsters as gross, which is how they became these hags. So images, images started to emerge of more hag-like women snorting and spitting into beers and ripping you off and watering down your shit, and they just become like gross they yeah all of a sudden all the images of of barmaids became like gross and, and not cute young women that definitely like is something that i think about like you you have two narratives when i mean even in like modern day pop culture is still something that's like carried into it's like you either have like the hot fucking bartender who's trying to seduce your man or you got the old bar wench crappy lady with a cigarette hanging out her mouth who's like what the fuck do you want whiskey yeah tell you to fuck off which like hell yeah oh yeah i love my i always refer to them as like hole in the wall bartenders like i love my hole in the wall bartenders like i don't need your like cute little crop top skinny like type shit make a long island iced tea i want someone to look at me and not smile and be like what do you want like, yeah. I want, like, Ghostbusters, what do you want? But, like, at a bar. That's why, I mean, I love Ray's because that's what Pete was to Ooh. me. Going Ray's. there at 7 a.m. and Pete being like, first call. What do you What do you want? <laughs> first call. But, yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, like, a thing. Like, when you see women depicted as bartenders in just even modern day stuff like i don't know why it's whore or hag there's yeah. no in between and, and this is when that was really solidified this seems a little bit off topic now that we just had that conversation but i do want to note and praise that even as though men throughout the west came to dominate the beer scene for years women in parts of latin america and africa have persistently shown in their roles as brewers there is there is a real recognition of uh women brewers throughout latin america and africa uh consistently throughout history which is pretty tight i want to say hope at some point i don't find out something that makes me think otherwise but i do love the idea of like chips chicks being represented in their role as brewers consistently throughout time yeah um, but yeah, so throughout the West, the crafting of the alehouse narrative, this like idea of like a disorderly, unclean place for vagrancy, signaled that it just wasn't a place for women. Like with the solidification of gender roles, like Western gender roles, they really were just like, if you go here, you're a vagrant asshole and you're in the lowest rung of society and we don't give a shit. So basically at this point, women were completely pushed out of alehouses, both, you know, I mean, they weren't really allowed to attend them in the first place. Oh, my God. That's a really gross burp. You feel like it. Um, We're not giving birth, Sam. (laughs) I almost almost had to burp, too. I was trying to, like, solidarity. I know I earlier, but someone. Anyway. Um, So, yeah, all these women were at the social, the lowest social rung. The lowest, accurate. The lowest on the social ladder. Accurate. Thank you. Oh, and all women in alehouses were quote unquote morally subject. Uh, and then I wrote, were they cuckolding their husbands or just prostitutes? 
Which, Ooh. like, what a weird sentence. So Also, prostitutes is a very outdated term. Were they cuckolding their husbands or just sex workers? There you go. There I you had go. to do it. Burr, burr, burr. Prostitution no. is the charge, not the fucking person. The idea of a prostitute is you know, just please don't say that anymore, guys. <laughs> just use the word sex workers like adults. All right. So by the 1700s, women brewers were boofing almost the entire map. That's not what that says. By the 1700s, women brewers were wiped off. Whole ass map. Whole ass. Whole ass. used to be huge and real thick. Well, Um, hmm. because paper was different. All right. So by the 1700s, women brewers were almost completely wiped off the map. The field of medicine also transferred, quote, I put quote unquote, transferred into the hands of men at this time as well for remarkably similar reasons. I just thought that was nuts. That at the same time that we were transferring the roles from men to women with brewing, or women to men with brewing, we did the same thing with medicine. And for how much they coincide, herbalism, and like how herbalism is placed in the middle of both of those things, and how it is such an important integral part to us being humans... It just blows my mind. No, I like, mean, but that's like what I was saying earlier. It's like, oh, your head hurts. Let me give you this herb to like make your head not hurt. Like, yeah, of course. Like, if you're somebody who knows anything about medicine, and you know, women were the ones who were like doing a lot of domestic shit. So of course they're the ones that know how certain herbs work. Right, right, right. And like, and beer was. I mean, beer was. Beer's crazy because it's a food, a medicine, a drink. Like, it's so weird that it can play so many roles. And a poison. And a poison. Yeah. <laughs> it's like murder death. And it's like you rub it, you, it's good for your children. I don't know. The, all right. Well, to double back to this, like, idea of, like, the hag. For a while, the watering down of a traditional strong ale to create more product was blamed exclusively on women women brewers, but there's no real, like, indication as to why. So what they used to do was they used to brew... So there's a lot of brewers that still do stuff like this. Well, they'll essentially brew a concentrated ale that's, like, two-thirds of what the brew should be. And then they'll water it down. And they'll make the beer go longer. They'll be able to, like, spread the beer out. So... But at this time, it was like a strong ale was like a little bit higher in ABV, but it would essentially be like watering down a yingling and then selling it. This is where the 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 trickster witchcraft alewife, as they started like coming together, they basically started blaming exclusively women brewsters on the watering down of traditional strong ales, which was likely their husbands saying we need this product to go further we want to sell less beer to more people yeah so they would start making these strong ales a strong ale is literally just a type of beer right it doesn't really have to do with the strength of the beer okay it's just a name for a beer yeah um so they would brew these essentially regular brews and then water them down so you could get like one and a half pours out of one pour of beer. Um, 
for some reason, it became a trope that alewives were the ones that were doing that, where they were like, alewives came up with this idea, but likely because men ran the distribution side of it and the like dissemination. Well, they, and and they the financial were the ones, side of it. So They ran the money portion, so they were the ones that decided, let's water this down. Or, I'm speculating, but like... Well, I mean, so I mean, I'm also speculating, but the easiest person to blame in that like narrative is the person who's making it, which is the same thing that we run into when it's like, let me My get drinks watered down. The, the narrative of the person who's making it is the one who fucked up. That's Ooh. super easy for somebody who is selling the beer. And then all of a sudden you have like a customer come up to you and be like, yo, this sucked. Oh, and you'll be so... like, oh, it must be the alewives. Like, yeah. that Ale narrative wives. to me is like, I don't know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it does make sense. You would shirk off anyone being mad at you on somebody else if you could and you made economic advancement because of it. Also, none of these people wanted to, like, admit that they were watering any of these beers down. They were too busy trying to, like, follow these purity laws. So keep in mind, during this time... People were propagating news during through woodcut pamphlets. So, you know, we're printing everything by fucking hand. This is my favorite part. I'm which means <laughs> which means you have to carve all of these woodcuts by hand. Which like you've carved wood before, right? I have I have not. Because Lino it's cuts, really though? hard. No, no, no. I have not because I cannot draw, but I have a lot of <laughs> illustrator friends. I mean, I went to school with a lot of illustrator friends who I watched them turn me into a lino cut i know is hard i've seen it made it's expensive it's, it's time consuming. it's so time consuming so basically what they would do is they would started reusing these images that so makes they, sense as the brewster look started seeping into the modern conception of what a witch looked like it's not really a surprise that these images were repeated enough for people to really know them as witches yeah so basically what's going on is they carved out one, one, two, three, whatever amount of woodcuts to create these pamphlets. And the same image was being produced throughout multiple pamphlets, like time-wise. Like it took, like, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden people were like, that's what a witch looks like. Pamphlet. Like it was literally just, they used the same image over and over again. Yeah. And it was super weird that they decided to use this because like the original depiction of witches, which I know you've seen and I know you've seen too, Bats, is they're naked. Yep. Naked. Like they're naked. It's the virgin, the whore, and the hag or the crone. And they're always naked. Naked. Up until the 15th century. Naked. That's when they started to be clothed. Really? It's super fucking weird. Um, sometimes was the oh, I'm sorry, the end of the 16th century, they started reproducing images of what we understand as witches with the garb of Brewsters. Okay, I don't really understand why they chose that, but before well, that, the it Catholic was all Church this stuff that was from the Malleus Maleficarum, which is the ha hammer of witches, which is the book that they used to prosecute witches. Yeah, well, I mean, it would make sense where like they would clothe them. Uh, um, after a certain time period, if the Catholic Catholics weren't that weird about it to begin with, though, it's like it. You, well, no, no, I no, want to say that's that what makes I'm sense. saying. Like, like, like before they were like, yeah, whatever. They can run around naked. That makes them heathens. And then Catholics were like, we're weird. We only like little boy dick. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, but it God. did take a little bit of time for that to happen. Like, it did take a little bit of time of the Catholic Church kind of taking over and running rampant before yeah. they like did that. 
Um, but yeah, the first... Oh, I don't think I said... We're talking about imagery changes within witchcraft. I don't know if that was the thing I said. So the first editions of imagery with the black cats, or even just familiars and cauldrons started being used at this time, but they were almost always used alongside images of the hag or the crone. Um, there's no actual evidence that this is a Brewster in most of these things, in most of these like images, uh, but it is very definitely, at the very least, an old woman ostracized by society. Uh, this is also where we find the tie between the devil and sin, and that sinful people would make pacts with the devil for personal gain, and that the use of the broom could be a domestic signal. Uh, like, all of this started, shit started coming up towards the end of the 16th century. We don't have the, like, historical pinpoint moment of when it happened. It just sort of, like, it was, like, all of this Brewster stuff was going on, and then there's almost, like, a blink and then when you reopen your eyes it's all of a sudden witches the reasoning like there's no exact reasoning as to why they chose brewsters i think that's what i'm trying to say like why them and not any other craft done by women i mean as bartenders we have a lot of power and responsibility like dealt with an alcoholic it's wild i think it might be the herbalist thing yeah, like and it has and to maybe be that. that's where it is. Because you and can kill people point, with the right we'll herbs. find that like point and hopefully someone will hear you say that and really fucking go in and study this because I want to find this point because it is very clear that they are reminiscent of each other. These two yeah. images put together are like the same. And like why? I mean, if people yeah. if people really didn't trust women during the time frame and women were the people who knew the most about herbs and women were the people that knew which herb could kill you and women were also depicted like or like pushed out of medical fields because of their medicinal like understanding. Yeah. understanding I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, I think once you tie the medical field portion into it is why you can then push the Brewsters out. Because once Maybe, I don't really know. I put those things in there. Maybe someone out there kind of knows a little bit more about this. Maybe we have some, like, I doubt it. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. I was going to say, maybe we have some people that have started listening to this because I totally served a bunch of uh, medical students from Temple the other day. I was like, I have a podcast. You should listen to it. Maybe (laughs) they'll be able to, like, make this connection for us, but... Yeah, I lost my train of thought, so... No, I mean, but maybe Brewster's got tacked onto it once they realized that, oh, you know shit about herbs. And it scares us. You know us. who and else knows shit about herbs? I'm not gonna lie, I don't even really know where we started. I, I should know this information, but when we started to understand fermentation. That shit you is herbal that, magic. You wrote that early, didn't you? Yeah, but when, like, the actual time in which we started to understand the science of fermentation. So the use of the broom uh, was could just be a symbol of domestication pointing to women in general, not specifically brewers. But I do speculate that the mobilization of the broom, um, like some, going from the thing that signifies that your brew is ready into the thing that you travel on could be a significant coincidence as they were worried about women turning away from domestic domesticated work 
Oh, so it's something that they would just hop on and be like, I'm See not you cooking fuckers. anymore. Yeah, like it went That's from being a thing a... that stayed in the home to the thing that brought you out of the home as witchcraft oh, became I mean, I solidified. Because I was about to be like, that's a stretch. It was just some weird thing that I speculated, that, that I was just thinking about one night, and I was like, that's crazy. I was really stoned. So just before the 18th century, the use of tall hats exclusively for witches, uh, wizards had shorter hats, started to come uh, into this witch imagery. <laughs> so it's believed that they could have been a fashion a thing hat. for women. You have the tiny hat. I'm well, a super- witch. You're a wizard. So the, it's kind of just that silly. It is kind of just that silly. Because at this point, these tall pointy hats that were symbols of wealth were like two centuries outdated. So it was. Ba- it's basically like someone walking around now dressed like they're from the fucking 70s. Basically, women were forced to wear outdated clothing where men... Not forced oh. to. It's the choice that they were doing it made them off in some way. The fact that they chose to wear something that was two centuries outdated made them just a little bit kooky. Oh, so it's not like modern day fashion. But I mean, I guess it's, it's like modern day fashion. Yeah, but it's I mean, like when you get that cute little thing or when uh, Bats wears their 70s stuff or you wear some cute shit from the 80s. They basically just thought that these the people that were utilizing these outdated fashion thought they would be more influential if they walked outside with it and it was literally just like a you're a little bit more kooky because you're walking around town with a top hat on asking Mm. for money it's Mm. like one of those kind of things it's a misunderstanding of what's fancy because they believe that you are like a little bit off so in 1948 we're gonna do a big jump we're going from the 18th century to 1948 all right, so in 1948, there was a U.S. Supreme Court decision that upheld a law that restricted women from working in alehouses that were not owned by their husbands or fathers. I put this here because I thought it was fucking ridiculous. So Justice Felix Frankfurter of Michigan put forth, uh, what is the thing? What is it? What is it? What is it? When you a put decree? Up a law. <laughs> what? A decree. He decreed this. No, when, when you, you put like the law, I mean, when you like put up a law for a slap vote. it on there. When you put up a law for a vote, so he put this law up for. Vote. I thought he it was, was like a, I drafted no, this thing, and a... it might be a law, and you guys read over it and vote on whether or not you want it to be a law. So this majority decision upheld what became this law. It recognized that women were now indulging in the vices of men, and were of enough moral and legal standing to be present in these men-run spaces. But the state was still within their right to restrict access to these spaces based off sex as bartending by women would leave them morally compromised. So basically what they admitted was women were drinking and partying and out there going fucking buck wild. Having a good ass time. And it was a good ass time. But even though we put all these other laws into place that said we can't discriminate against you like based on your sex... And we now recognize the fact that you are utilizing these vices. Regardless, we still think you're going to be a whore. So we're not going to let you in the alehouses. Well, it's it's the mind state of like, you can't have, like, sit here and have a good ass time. Yeah. Because you can't have fun because daddy's not driving you home. Where's your kids? Like, did, did you leave your kids at home? Or your kid? Oh my God, you left your kids at home? You don't have kids? You don't have kids? 
Well, you're out here drinking? You can't have a good time. Your husband can, though, because, he, I mean, he didn't birth the kid. Right, he's going to be in here, and we're going to assume he's fucking Nobody needs to suck anyway. off of his teats. Sucking off the teats. 1948 is, like, less than 100 years ago. And it kind of rolls into this, the next kind of stuff that I wanted to talk about is, like, what does this look like today? Like, where are women today? And, like, the continued sexualization and assault of bartenders and waitstaff throughout the beer industry is fucking... Insanely yep. disgusting. Yep. Uh- hey guys, sorry about that. We actually had to cut our recording a little short. Um, bats had to fly out. They got called to justice. So this is a new day. This is a new recording. Bats is still fighting justice. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of karate on rooftops happening right now probably shadows spookiness just or not whatever this, just not this rooftop yeah we're not on a rooftop whatever uh, so it's just the two inch punisher and hot vodka today yeah well i mean to to end out this recording so let's just uh kind of just jump back into it because this is longer than it should have been yeah i gotta <laughs> i do have to do a thing um i do want to correct myself on one thing i do want to say that i did misspeak and say that uh, Love City Brewing is partially women-owned. They're predominantly women-owned. Yeah, we're liars. Don't listen to us. We're liars. I also lied about time of year for my box and percentages of strong L's. But fuck me Idiots. anyway. Fuck um, us. But it's kind of perfect that I fucked that up because we're going to talk about, you know, women in beer today and, like, what it looks like now. We found these, like, we found very few updated statistics on women today. And I think that speaks a lot to the current climate <laughs> of women in beer we're here we're ready to go yeah we're drinking beer again we're right chugging now. beers you know actually today we are drinking love city's new beer it's called spring spell it is the new saison it is delicious it's a ginger and lemon saison and holy fucking shit is it good yeah so to go back into that like we said we weren't really originally we weren't finding any like newer statistics of women and beer um, a little sleuthing, and I did end up finding something from 2019 or 2020, so it was relatively really recent. recent. I will say, though, that 2020 was a year that didn't really exist. Didn't, it, nope. It did, but it didn't. No, it didn't. Um, so this statistic well, is from either one of those two, that women account for 25% of total beer consumption um, and 37% of craft beer consumption. Yeah, and there's there was the one that yeah you were telling me about how more women are choosing to drink like wine or uh, beer over like wine and and spirits and stuff at home, which I think is pretty cool, um, especially because of like where canning beer came from. Yeah, like beer was originally canned to fit in the refrigerator so that went so that women could drink beer at home. It happened like as we were uh, creating these like mass markets of brewing, so as these like giant brew conglomerates were coming out they started like they literally started canning like miller light so that housewives could drink it because yeah. they weren't they still it still wasn't cool for them to be in bars yeah and now as we said before vagrants whatever uh, you uh, know uh, uh, bullshit and now women are out there slinging beers in bars you know slinging, slugging beers slinging slugging beers, beers slapping beers bars. yeah so it's pretty cool also and like philly has a really cool beer scene is spe- like they have like really cool chicks involved in the beer scene like i've worked in the industry for 15 years what is it seven of it has been in philly yeah and, like how long have you worked in bars in philly i don't know 
not as long as you have, but long enough. Really? At least the past. Like a, huh? I thought you were like a five, seven year strong kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't really consider that, I guess, super long. I guess my concept <laughs> of time is it's a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little fucked up. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we found a really cool article in the Inquirer and. They brought up Philly specifically, which was super cool. Uh, they said, and I quote... Well, the, the Inquirer is Philadelphia. Oh, I'm an asshole. Can you take that out? <laughs> I was thinking um, the fucking... What's the Chicago one? The, I was thinking the Tribune. Fuck me. Um, I don't know why. Um, it says so, the Philadelphia Inquirer right at the top. I'm such a dick. <laughs> well, all right. So basically, one of the things that we found was uh, Shroud's Brewing Company... Uh, which started in 1987, was founded by a woman. It was Carol Stroud, um, and she was the first female brewmaster since Prohibition, which fucking rips. That chick seems kind of dope to be just coming out in the 80s in like a major city, being like, I'm starting this shit right now. Yeah, I'm fucking it's- brewing beers. Suck my and Stout's-, Stout's Brewing Company is not bad. Like, I do enjoy their like a good amount of their beers and i'm i'm not gonna say i'm like a beer at like an asshole with beer but a lot of beer doesn't sit well in my belly because i got a very sensitive belly and i'm an asshole um, that's all you drink is beer i know but th- you know how I'm, like certain breweries and i don't want to call anybody out but there's like a handful of breweries that i will not drink oh. because they give me headaches and stomach aches i didn't know that oh little baby bitch <laughs> I just can't drink malt liquor. Um, All right. Well, I mean, whatever. Moving on. As we're, you know, talking about women and beer, I also think it's super important for us to... What? I didn't know Love City was right under the... Threw me off. It's Well, this is talking about an event that Love City was supposed to do in 2020, because this was written in 2019. Oh, this was the Bold Women in Beer Festival. Yeah, they, this had to it do was with... All, it was all chick-fronted bands. It was all... I remember that, Chick yeah. crafts and shit. Yeah, it was cool. I remember that was supposed to be a thing that happened, and I think that we were going to help them bartend, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, I'm not working that day. I yeah. am going to Love City. Because uh, that was right after we did the thing with the Pink Boots Society, yeah. which is um, the Pink Boots Society is really fucking cool. Um, we actually wanted to talk about them a little bit specifically. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I th- I think, you know, as we're bringing up women in beer, it is super like today's like look how far we've come. I think it's super important that we bring up the Pink Boots Society, which I've like heard about a whole bunch and I think even done like a couple things and been like, this is for pink boots and been like, I don't know what the fuck pink Bro, boots is, but whatever. The beer that we brewed yeah, was for the pink boot society. Yeah, so a couple years ago, the place that Sam and I worked at when we worked together, um, we did a, we actually brewed beer with the brewery that I currently work at. Uh, they had us come in and, um, what is the word? We join forces. Touch peens. Yeah, we touched, they wanted us to dock this beer with them. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Pink Boots Society was the one who donated the hops to us. Oh, I do remember all this now. Yep. I just was like, mm, Pink Boots, whatever, ladies, I guess. I don't know. I'm an idiot sometimes. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah, cool, whatever. Just give me whatever. I'll do whatever. Well, no, I feel like a lot of people don't know who the Pink Boots Society is. Well, like, now I do. Well, do you want to tell tell our friends? Yeah. Um, the Pink Boot Society is female movers and shakers in the beer industry. I'm literally reading this word for word from their site. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to speak for them. No. You know? I mean. Uh, We'd say ridiculous shit. 
So Pink Boots uh, owns breweries, packages beer, designs beers, serves beers, write about beer, and covers just about any aspect of beer, and they're all women. So most importantly, they teach others what we need to know through like seminar classes, um, and they also help uh, others advance beer careers by raising money and educational scholarships for them. Yeah. So that rules. That's they're, awesome. Their their scholarships. At one point, I I looked into it, and it's pretty fucking cool. And if you're interested in like being involved with this society, it is a society that you can just join if you're involved with beer and you are a woman. But yeah, you can just go to pinkbootsociety.org and. Uh, they they have a bunch of options for like how to join and if you need a scholarship for something. But yeah, they they fund a lot of women in beer and they not only do they do that, they support and like uplift. Yeah, like all of the. Women I think it's awesome that they right have now. scholarships to people that are trying to make a career in beer. That fucking rips, especially not even just people, primarily women in beer. Yep. So like we're taking over, baby. And I know that they're super sensitive to the LGBT community, which is really cool. Yeah, like, that also rips. Thank you. Yeah, so I, w- I actually do want to throw up. I found a pretty good comprehensive list of, or not totally comprehensive, but it, it lists 40 women-led breweries. We're going to throw that up on our Patreon. It'd be cool. We might uh, share it in a story, too, on Instagram or something. Just a little article. Um, and there's some pretty like powerful fucking chicks in there. And, you know, they talk about the increased representation overall. They got delivery drivers, you know, rep, like reps that go out and like sales reps, bartenders, brewers, brewers assistants. Like they, they mention a lot of people in it and it's really fucking Wait, cool. Wait, so what list is this again? I think that might have gotten a little missed. Oh, 40 women led breweries to support. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah so this yeah. is a list of 40 women run breweries throughout the country, right? Yeah. So it's women. Yeah. It's women led throughout the country. And I think they, they kind of take a little bit of a relaxed idea of what led means. Mm-hmm. So it could either be like investors or people that are like running the bar or people that are running the brewery. So it inclu- it's not just brewers. There's a large amount of different types of people that are included in this list. But it's cool. I mean... Any brewery who's willing to fucking put a woman up makes me very happy. Yeah. And not put a woman up, like, shacking up with them, but, like, put nah, a woman... just put them up uh, on a pedestal, put baby. Put them up there. Give them that medal. Um, so one of the other things we did actually want to do is, you know, we're women involved in beer. And we know plenty of other women that have been involved in beer maybe longer than us. Yeah. Um, so we maybe not longer than me. I feel like a lot. I feel like I've been in this shit for way too long. Maybe it's just because it feels longer. Oh my god, it, it takes a toll. Um, yeah. So we wanted to. I I did ask a couple people, um, and not everyone I know is a writer. Um, but there were some people that were very sweet about and very excited about this episode of the podcast specifically because of the content of it. Um, and I had, uh, two people that we know very well, um, offer me a statement from them about what it is like for them to be a woman in beer today. So the first one I'm going to, the first one I'm going to read out, and these are just directly written from them in their own words, um, is my friend Aaron. We always call her 2SP Aaron. Mm. Uh, they are the sales rep for a very large portion of the tri-state area. Love you. Uh, yeah, what's up, girl? <laughs> love you. Fucking hail you, dude. Uh, Aaron's brutal. I fucking love her. Um, but she says, and I quote, 
I've been working in the beer industry in Philadelphia since 2013. I got my start as a wholesale rep, a wholesaler rep at Bella Vista Beverage, selling the most unique brands in the market. I worked there for three years and went on to 2SP Brewing, which is Two Stones Pub. A lot of people ask that question. Mm-hmm. Um, where I've been for five years. The beer industry in Philadelphia is an interesting place. There's always been new reps, breweries, places, and opportunities. But it's also so much more intense than my old marketing job. This market keeps you on your toes, but also is the most inclusive and innovative city that I've had the pleasure of living in in my life with beer. This city has a ton of amazing beer women in it, which which is a nice thing to see in a mostly male dominated field. Don't get me wrong. I had to bust my ass to prove my worth. And I was able to snag a beer rep of the year award, which like, um, which includes all of the reps in Philadelphia from the Philly beer scene last year. Uh, and that was pretty fucking cool. Philly is a really Hell great yeah. beer scene. Yeah, dude, I was so proud. Like, yeah. And it's not even something for me to be proud of. I was just like, Hell I'm yeah. proud of your friends at rules. I like, sure. Look, like, super great that night i was like you look metal as fuck <laughs> um all right back to it back to what aaron wrote um philly is a really great beer scene with a lot of variety within beers breweries bars people and i'm beyond stoked to be a part of the city who gives a shit who gives a shit about their beer women i still got some i still get some shit here and there being a woman in the beer scene but i'd say all overall philadelphia and the pennsylvania market is kicking some ass with our women which is pretty dope. Yeah. Overall, I feel like that's a really positive experience in the beer scene. I, I feel very similar. Like, I'm not a woman, but I, I feel like super... There are people that have backed me up in this... In the Philadelphia beer scene harder than any other place I've worked. Yeah. Like, the time I've been backed up the hardest was in philly and it, it, we just ride you know? yeah dude ride or die baby yeah the reason i look really liked working with you and the reason i really like working in philly is there's so many great personalities that just get mixed and all of like the receptiveness to different personalities personalities is so different yeah we're like you were always really good with the south philly kids you got a, f- a table of five blonde chicks walking in, give them to me. For some reason, they love me. <laughs> like, it's like the weirdest thing. And it's, yeah. and just the willingness to, like, you know, fit in those spaces and, like, make it work. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of really decent fucking people yeah. we work with. Um, So here's actually another... Um, Little thing written from Melissa from Love City. Yeah, Melissa is one of the owners of Love City. Melissa's fantastic. Melissa, I hope you're listening. So uh, this is what Melissa says. Being a woman in the beer business is great. I have a rad community of women in this industry to share my experiences with. If I have a question about something, I have super smart women to ask. Of course, there are things that annoy me. People that don't know much about Love City often assume I'm not in charge. I don't think they expect the owner to be answering the phones or hanging out in the tap room. But generally, it's been a huge, hugely positive experience. I do want to point out that Melissa did not even give herself enough credit. I have seen Melissa on deliveries. I have seen Melissa slinging kegs. I have seen Melissa cleaning shit in the brewery. I have seen yeah. Melissa canning and kegging and like 
milling it out and fucking graining and like it's it's fucking wild like melissa has done so much shit in that brewery and they're like yeah sometimes i answer phones and i'm like you're so modest like no but like that's awesome like i it's it's weird you know it's kind of cool when you have like an owner of a business who's willing to do all of that um it's something we talk about so often just a willingness for any manager if you're if you're managing a place right now, if you are a GM or an owner or something, like the willingness to just help your employees out. It goes a really long way. Yeah. We wanted to do this episode because it was something that we actually talked about from like the very beginning of something that we wanted to do. Yeah, was- one of my brewers brought up one of my brewers told me this connection between which imagery and brewers and and then all of a sudden it started popping around the internet and we were like fuck now we really have to do it yeah and what i was reading like an international beer guide book thing and it came up in there i was like we've this is three times now yeah like yeah i mean we, we do have one last fun little thing for you um we were a little bit bummed about the fact that we like couldn't find anything on the first page of a Google Google search about that's true. I about only went, I only went yeah we only page. go one page we never go two pages what that's crazy um, for statistics dude only for porn <laughs> <laughs> I like to go to straight like seventeen like page twenty two so yeah so we spent what a good probably like a cumulative like forty eight hours scouring the internet finding what what is about to Finding Grace the statistics your that, yeah, we searched low, high. I actually went to the library and cracked open a couple books. And then I had the lady beat me because <laughs> I was in there nudie scrooty in the middle of the night. What I was doing was I had two sets of headphones on. I was listening to one audiobook in one and Mozart in the other. Um, yeah, just that, would, ret- that was just to retain the information. So basically, uh, one of the statistics that we found is... Uh, of women in brewing actually brew naked and fall into the hops while it's boiling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, They live. I mean, it's really nice. If you see the full ritual of this, which is just something that's just like breathtaking, Mm -hmm. um, they actually speak niceties to each of the hops. Yeah, they they they, pick them up. It's really cute. It is super cute. You can actually find videos of them, of people doing this. It's like, good job, Steve, because they're all named Steve. They're like, good job, Steve. And then they throw the hops in. I mean, it's it's the same thing as like talking nice to your plants. It helps them grow better. So if you talk nice to the beer while it's brewing, while it's fermenting, while it's being canned, kegged. You have a better tasting beer. <laughs> it's statistically proven. I think we on the internet we saw it. I think we found out that like eighty percent of beers that are talked to throughout the brewing process are better tasting. Yeah, they last longer. Shelf life is better. It's got a more bold flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I, I want to say like one of the more interesting ones that I I thought like I was like that's a pretty fun time. Um, it was like something like I think it was like a seventy two percent of women who brew whether it's home brewing or for like domestic stuff um they sleep inside a cauldron on tuesdays and thursdays well that goes into what i was saying earlier like that's part of the statistic of what i said earlier of brewing naked right it's like one of those it's also like full moons it's like it's clearly a superstition thing yeah but um it is in the contract 
that they have to sign. They're like, oh, you're a woman or Bruce, so we make you sign this contract. It's a fact. Um, and since they sign in blood, if they don't, like, if they, like... It's menstrual blood, too, right? Of course. Of yeah. course, of course. Mixed with semen. That's why it's uh, supposed to be, you know, full moon. But if they do something like fall asleep on the couch while watching, like, a uh, Trailer Park Boys type mm-hmm, situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other women brewers have to come in and beat them with rods like a root and bundle type situation they yeah beat the shit out of them until they get in their culture and like get like in there brewers. Yeah. yeah well and the other thing is too like while you're doing that you should also be burning some rosemary mm-hmm. um just mm-hmm. to get the mood right but Maybe i did like- see i did see that a lot of a lot of brewers have been doing this thing where they inside their kettle as as they're naked and such, they want mm-hmm. to in, embed themselves in some of this beer. So they take their feet, right? And they rub them together really fast <laughs> so that they just get like sweaty and sticky and frictiony. And then, I, I and then they rub them inside the kettle before a brew. I don't really. like that part. <laughs> um, Why? It's great for a goza. It increases the salt content no, and no, it really no, no, balances no, no. the beer out. So I actually found that what increases the salt and alcohol content for a goza is not actually during the brewing process. It all happens as it's being canned and kegged. Um, you have to play uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, Does it matter which? Just the radio still like a, like like a, this is Frank Sinatra. No, on, you know what? Maybe maybe it's not Frank Sinatra. Hmm, hold up, you have to play. Wait 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 wait. wait. Let's yeah wait hold up. Let's find this uh these statistics again. Files. Files. Um. Oh. Is that it? Oh, yeah. No, no, there. no. Pass it. Right Wait, yep, shit. right there. Right. Uh, no, no. Okay. Oh, here it is. Um. So, actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, while the goes is being canned and, and kegged and everything like that, uh, you're actually supposed to be playing Sam Cooke because it's sad enough that the tears that the goza actually cries is what can add to its saltiness. Um, my mistake. Uh, it can be any Sam Cooke, but I mean, most sensual Sam Cooke, right. as you can find. Um, could they be substituted for like a, uh, an alternate tier? Like if you got like, I know a lot of people like consuming boy tiers. I see it on a lot of, um, cell oh, you, phone oh, cases and stuff you're recently. Talking, you're talking about adding tiers to it instead of making the beer cry itself? Oh, wait, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah, the beer cries. I spaced being... out for a second then, and I don't remember doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I must have clearly just like, Bloop. I'm opening another beer. Beer all over the place. Yeah, I, I kept it for you. Um, I'll yeah. take a lager. I don't really know if I want I another mean... saison. All right, well, I guess I'm drinking a saison. Uh, well, that's kind of it. I mean, we do have plenty of more statistics, which not for nothing, we actually might um, maybe make some bonus content with uh, the rest some of the statistics, statistics that we found. Yeah, because I mean, like, if you could just... Just pages. Just pages. Just pages. Just pages. Pages of notes. I have plenty of files well, of we the gotta statistics. Have one, we got to have one more to go out on. Do we have anything fun? Anything fun up here? Oh, shit. Sharon Osbourne's never allowed to brew beer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) this is Area 215, and you can find us on those internets at area215pod at gmail.com. 
Um, on Instagram, we are area underscore 215. You can also find us on Spotify as just area 215 because, you know, it's just what we are. Um, and then on Buzzsprout, we're area215.buzzsprout.com. Um, we're also Buzzsprout's on... Buzzsprout's where you can get any other streaming method. Yeah, we're on everything. We're on iTunes, whatever. Whatever the fuck you listen to, we're probably on. Um, also, uh, we're on Twitter. That's what I was trying to say. We're on Twitter. Um, I don't, I've only posted one thing on Twitter. Uh, no, I think we, we interact the most with <laughs> Instagram, but sp- we interact probably more or just as much with our Patreon. Yeah. Like we update our Patreon like as much as we possibly can with as much stuff. We actually just put out some really funny bloopers. Yeah, we have some of bloopers of this episode on there. which is funny that they came out before the episode. That's fine. I'm trying to get this episode out by midnight on March 30th. Yeah. That is today. So we, so we can just make So that. we can make the deadline of March. Yeah, we were trying to get this done during but yeah, I mean, um, this is us. If you're willing to throw us a couple dollars, patreon.com slash area two and five, uh, it's super helpful. It If we could get to a point where we could spend a little bit more time researching and editing and making these shows just like a little bit more fun, we would like to do that. Yeah. We're campy people. We're, we're, we're not corny, but we're silly. We're corny, but like only from an outside perspective. I think I've said corny so many times during this episode alone, so I'm not gonna say corny. <laughs> well we gotta we gotta go probably assist Batman and whatever the fuck they're doing right now. I'm just now. gonna cheer him on. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Kick that guy in the face. It's like a sideline assist. Like, good job, Stevie. Like it's Steve, dude. Always Steve. Well, me and you are like the parents rooting on the the child as they play soccer. Except Batman's not a child, but he just you know drink beer. Yeah, but they, they were children's XLs. That's true. <laughs> All right, this is Area Two One Five, as I have said before, and I will probably say again at some point. I'm hot vodka. This is the two and Punisher, Anders and Thomas. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. <laughs> See you in another dimension. <laughs> Batman says bye.